Welcome, my fellow players, to another episode of Gen PS, the Generation PlayStation podcast, a podcast that is all about the love for PlayStation. And my name is Victor Silfera, as you might already know, and I love PlayStation. And I'm here to tell you about all the great things there is to be said about PlayStation and also um, really the not so good stuff that also has got to be mentioned so that we can help PlayStation improve in the future, which is what we all want. It's also the reason why I don't shy away from talking about the competition. So if you want to check out what I had to say about the Xbox Showcase 83 and also the Nintendo Showcase 83, there are episodes out regarding those topics because I think it's important to see what the competition is up to so that we can then help PlayStation improve, give our opinions and make PlayStation the best brand it can be because, well, we are PlayStation fans and that's what we really want, right? Uh, you wouldn't want a bad PlayStation um, brand. You want it to be strong, of course. So um, this time around, it's going to be a bit of a quick episode. I'm, I'm, there isn't really much going on after what happened at E3. Of course, E3 was filled with a, with a lot of good stuff and also not so good stuff. But I already covered most of that in the bonus episodes that I was doing when I was reacting to a lot of those showcases. I mean, all in all, um, it's important to say that I think Xbox has won this E3. Um, but, of course, Sony wasn't there really, so... Uh, you can say that it wasn't a fair fight, so to say, <laughs> um, because Sony didn't, didn't even show up. But um, regarding the competition that um, Xbox had, I think that Nintendo was was uh, quite close, um, at, at least for some of the more hardcore Nintendo fans. I think that the Nintendo showcase didn't show that much for a general audience, you know, focusing on stuff like Super Smash Brothers, which is always uh, gonna work for Super Smash Brothers fans, uh, showing stuff like Metroid Dread that nobody really knows about unless you are a hardcore Nintendo fan and have been following uh, the story behind Metroid Dread that it was announced, uh, what was it now, 19 years ago or something like that? Something crazy like that. Um, and now is the first time that we actually feel like, okay, this game is coming out. Um, so it's it's really, uh, it was an interesting showcase. It reminds me of the, the um, discussions that have been going on between PlayStation fans. Was E3 2015 or was E3 2016 better in, in terms of PlayStation showcases? And for me, it was E3 2015, but it's because it spoke a lot to me, you know, Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, Shenmue 3, uh, The Last Guardian. I think those games were so they they were so they were legends, really. They, they, nobody really believed, or people hoped they would come out, but nobody was certain that we would see sh such a future. And then to get the three games at the same conference, insane. But when you look at the, the the general audience and what was a better showcase for the general audience, I think that 2016, if I'm not wrong, it was uh, God of War uh, 2018 and Spider-Man. So already there, those two games for the general audience much more important than. Well, I guess you could you could make the argument for Final Fantasy VII remake, but Shenmue 3 and and The Last Guardian really not that interesting for the general audience 
it's more for more more of a hardcore PlayStation fan, really. Um, and so I think that the showcase from Nintendo was very much like that. And then when they said that Breath of the Wild is targeting 2022, it doesn't give that much hope that they will actually hit 2022. So yeah, um, you know, Xbox. They, th I think they did a great job. They showed what they had to do. A lot of exclusive games, a lot of games coming to Game Pass. Of course, we got to see uh, the next Forza, the the, the uh, next Halo, Halo Infinite, um, and th those look great. I think. Um, I think that Halo Infinite is not the revolution that a lot of people were expecting it to be, but I think it's going to be a fun Halo game, which I think is going to be fine for Halo fans. And Forza just keeps on looking amazing. In this case, Forza Horizon. Um, but Forza or Forza Horizon really doesn't matter. Those games are um, always quality. And those are ones uh, um, that really are the exception when it comes to Xbox games. Like Xbox games in the past couple of years, they have been hit or miss. But Forza is always a hit. Uh, they are really amazing. Um, and you can just expect a quality game when you see the Forza label on on the cover so i think that xbox won the e3 um of 2021 but uh, well if sony was uh, was there then who knows what might have happened and that's also what i'm um, going to talk about at the end of the episode as i said this is going to be a quick one there isn't really that much to talk about um, but at the end of the episode, I would like to talk about the possibility of PlayStation Experience play, uh, PSX coming back. And if that could be the July event that I have been talking about that could potentially happen and that other people have also been talking about that Sony might give us a cool, a great uh, July event. Not really an E3 event because E3 is already over, but kind of in that vein, right? Also, I guess I forgot to mention the other uh, showcases that happened at E3, if you want to call them that. But I talked about those also in the other episodes that I did for E3 specifically. Uh, some of those were just really terrible. Uh, Gearbox and uh, Koch Media, like terrible, terrible, terrible. And some weren't even really showcases. I think that was the case with... Um, take two for example it's all just i mean come on uh, do better next time um or if it isn't really a showcase like that then kind of warn people like tell us the whole story what is it actually is it a showcase are you showcasing games or are you just talking with developers uh, a bit more clarity there would have helped um because I think that those talks that happened there with the developers, they could still be very interesting for a lot of people. But I, I guess that most people would expect something different from a showcase and then they might end up disappointed. So it's just about setting expectations. And um, yeah, I mean, there are other ones that I do think were pretty good, like Devolver Digital. Um, those are always fun and the the indie scene um i talked about this in the other episodes as well um the indie scene they get so creative because they have to because there are so many indie games that they have to be creative and they are even creative in their showcases i think that the indie showcases we see we we saw were 
miles and miles better than some of the big showcases that were happening. Um, yeah. I mean, Square Enix was a, a weird one as well. Started with the Banger Gardens of the Galaxy and then went downhill, really. Uh, wasn't a great uh, showcase at all, I think. Um, it started with a lot of potential, but then ended up not fulfilling that potential. And then um, Ubisoft, it's the typical Ubisoft conference. I mean, it's not great, it's not bad, but it's it's nothing out of the ordinary really Ubisoft is really consistent with that stuff they don't blow your socks off but they also don't really disappoint never with their showcases I mean they might disappoint if you set your expectations extremely high but I almost never do with Ubisoft um, I think it could still have been better but I think it was okay but that's pretty much it so you know what Let's get right to it with the first segment of the show. It's the circle of news. And so, um, as I said, not a lot of news uh, because after E3, you know, so much uh, stuff was announced at E3 that I think that, you know, you have to take a break <laughs> a bit and, and, and the news uh, went a bit slow this week, which is to be expected uh, after E3 was over. Um, but one interesting thing I, I think is um, that there was a Bloomberg report uh, talking about the PSVR 2 uh, that is targeting a holiday 2022 release window and that they are uh, um, they are shifting away from uh, LCD screens. Um, they want to do OLED for the next generation PlayStation VR um, goggles. And I think this is all very interesting, uh, very good, but it's not really surprising. Uh, I think that PlayStation VR 2 coming out next year makes a lot of sense. Uh, give the PS5 some um, room to breathe, but don't make it like 2023 is... I think it would be okay, but I think that you really want to still be on that high and and sooner or later the ps5 will not be anymore regarded as a new system but you know the current system and so while the ps5 is the new system i think it's a lot cooler and a lot of people will be more excited about uh playstation vr 2 also um i think that playstation vr 2 is something for hardcore fans mostly so it really doesn't matter how many ps5 units are out there um i mean it could be different this time around but the playstation vr the original original playstation vr was really something more for hardcore people or people that were really really interested in vr and these kinds of people and that and these people that have the money to spend on a console and a vr system they might as well just have already a ps5 um and they might just then buy a PSVR 2. So I don't think that it really matters when the PSVR 2 comes out. Um, uh, and, and in that case, you might just as well bring it sooner than later to have, you know, to further fuel this um, 
this conversation about the PS5 being a great console because if you add the PSVR 2 to it, uh, another feature that the competition doesn't have, then guess what? People are going to be even more excited about the PS5 and will probably choose the PS5 over the Xbox if they see that, well, there are the exclusives and then there is PSVR 2, which is something that I don't know if I want to have a, a VR headset right now, but maybe in the future I do want that. And so on the Xbox side, there is no option for that. There have been a lot of rumors regarding that, but nothing official. So I think uh, nothing out of the ordinary, really. Um, it was kind of expected that PSVR 2 would be coming out next year, but it could, of course, also have been 2023. Uh, now everything is pointing uh, towards 2022, and I love that. I, I used to have the original PlayStation VR, uh, headset i don't own it anymore um for um, financial reasons really uh, back in the day now now i could buy it again but i might as well just uh wait for psvr2 uh, back in the day i i had to get rid of uh, rid of it for financial reasons only because i really liked it actually um and so i'm stoked for the next one so another thing that I want to mention is um, Cyberpunk 2077 possibly returning to the PlayStation Store. Um, people were checking out the PlayStation Store and saw that there's actually a listing for Cyberpunk 2077 again. And we now got um, the confirmation that, yeah, uh, it is supposed to come out again um, or to be again available on the PlayStation Store soon. Um, CD Projekt Red, uh, uh, Red is working on f uh, patches and fixes, um, which is definitely needed. And yeah, you might see this game on the PlayStation Store again very soon, which I think is a positive thing because I think that the game I played, I played the game, uh, I completed it, and I think it's a good game. I don't think it's a terrible game. It. Uh, the hype was the, the the issue there. A lot of people were expecting the world, me included. Um, I was expecting a lot more, but I was still able to see how this game is actually a good game. Not necessarily the world-changing thing that a lot of people expected, but it is still a good game and, and it's worth giving it a shot. I just think that they should do a sale uh, to reintroduce the game on the PlayStation Store, because I don't know if a lot of people are actually going to spend uh, the full price for Cyberpunk 2077 after everything that happened. So that's just me. Uh, I think that's that's the more uh, reasonable thing to do. And then um, if you were expecting to play the medium and you don't own an Xbox console, but you own a PS5, well, the medium is coming to PS5 this September, September 3rd, actually. Um, this was announced by the developer Blooper Team. So it's a game that was an exclusive for Xbox uh, for a long time uh, in the beginning of the, of the console's life cycles, um, those first couple of months. Um, people were talking on the Xbox side how the medium was so cool because it had this... Um, there, there are actually two worlds that you can play in in, in the medium and it's kind of like if you've seen Stranger Things, right? Um, where you have the, the normal world and then you have that other world that you can get into where there are monsters and stuff like that. Um, it's it's quite similar to that, so um, a lot of people love that mechanic, um, but the medium was not that well received, critically, actually. 
Um, but still, I know that a lot of people actually liked it on the Xbox side. So maybe if you are into horror games and were interested in playing this game, you will now be able to do so on the PS5. So that is also interesting. So the, the exclusives on Xbox are now appearing on PlayStation. Um, not really exclusive then, right? Uh, but I mean, PlayStation does have those kinds of deal, deals as well. Um, limited or timed exclusivity, right? Um, but in the last couple of years, we haven't seen that as much from PlayStation. Even Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is supposed to be a timed exclusive, um, they just extended that uh, contract with Integrate and you still don't see it on Xbox. So um, kind of a different approach. Although uh, Xbox did announce at their showcase that um, Bethesda games are exclusive now, so you shouldn't expect any more Bethesda games on PlayStation. But in the past, they talked about legacy titles maybe still being able on uh, you still being able to play legacy Bethesda titles on other consoles, and I think that could refer to Fallout, Elder Scrolls, uh, because you won't, don't want to make the people angry who play those games on PlayStation by telling them, yeah, that's you're not getting any more of that. But that is just speculation. And honestly, I've said this time and time again, don't expect that to happen. You should expect all of the Bethesda games to be exclusive to Xbox. And if you really want to play them, you will probably have to have an Xbox or play them through the X Cloud on Game Pass. So moving on uh, and talking about studios um, um, like uh, the Bethesda Game Studios, uh, here we have uh, another studio that has been making a lot of uh, noise because of some weird trolling or hinting, however you might want to call it because we are not sure yet, Blue Box Game Studios. Um, if you don't know of Blue Box Game Studios, they are working on a PlayStation exclusive, which is supposedly called Abandoned. But a lot of people think that Blue Box Game Studios is actually Kojima. So Hideo Kojima is actually working on this game. And it's not Abandoned, it's Silent Hill. Now I'm just going to read a part here from an article on PlayStationLifestyle.net by Chandler Wood. It's a great article, but I'm not going to read the entire thing here because it's it's a bit long. I'm just going to read uh, this first part of the of the article so that you get an idea what is actually happening here. Remember years ago when Hideo Kojima was first teasing Metal Gear Solid 5 The Phantom Pain? He made up a fake studio called Moby Dick Studios and for months played the role of a fake developer named Joachim Mogren announcing a game called The Phantom Pain, which of course ended up being MS MGS5. Any good conspiracy, however, isn't complete without a hunch of red hearings and hoaxes from overzealous fans complicating things. Kojima did the same thing with the fake PT, ultimately being a playable teaser for the cancelled Silent Hills. So is it happening all over again with Blue Box Game Studios and Abandoned? Is this really Hideo Kojima and Silent Hill, or is it genuinely a studio caught in the middle of conspiracy theories from fans who will end up disappointed? 
And so that's all I'm really going to read here. Maybe just some quick bits here and there while I'll go uh, through this article here while I'm scrolling, while I'm scrolling through the article. Um, so Blue Box Game Studios, they have been teasing this thing in a very weird way. Like they are really almost, they just really needed to say it is Silent Hill. Um because that's all that there is left to do because they are really creating a hard link to silent hill and maybe they are just doing this because they want the publicity you know they they don't care um if you if you get angry then because bad publicity is still publicity i don't know um but they are playing with fire. If this is not actually Hideo Kojima, a lot of people will be angry. That's what I'm going to say. And the interesting thing is that the, the game director at Blue Box Game Studios, the supposed uh, game director there, uh, he supposedly is called Hassan Karaman. HK, like Hideo Kojima. And Karaman, if I'm not um, wrong here... I've seen this uh, people pointing this out. out. I think it's Karaman. Um, means in uh, Turkish what Hideo means in Japanese. So again, this is very weird. And given that Hideo Kojima has done this in the past, well, it's, you know, it, it isn't out of the ordinary. Uh, it, it, oh, it is out of the ordinary still. But it isn't out of, you know, all the possibilities. It is possible that this is actually the case. Um, then they had some tweets. Let, let, let me read some of the tweets here. They had a tweet on uh, June 15, so just a couple of uh, days ago. Guess the name. Abandoned equals first letter S, last letter L. Well, first letter S, last letter L, Silent Hill. And then they had another tweet on the next day saying we wanted to set things straight we have no relations with konami silent hill is owned by konami we do not have any relationships uh, relations with hideo kojima it was never our intention to tease the name as silent hill we sincerely apologize for this right so they are saying that this is not the case um but it's they are still teasing it like a lot and I mean, I don't know. Um, it's it's very, very weird what is happening here. Uh, because when you look at the logos of PlayStation Studios and Blue Box Game Studios, they are using the same font. And it's pretty much the same type of logo. It's a box. And then below the box, if you don't remember the PlayStation Studios logo, it's a white box with the PlayStation logo in, in black. And then below the box it just says studios and so the blue box uh, uh, logo is just a black box with blue box written in white and below it says game studios and it's the same font used in the playstation studios logo what the heck and i mean it's it's just so weird it, it just all makes a lot of sense right it makes a lot of sense. And then we had recently that tease with um, the, the Death Stranding director's cut at Summer Game Fest where um, Sam Bridges 
was wearing a blue suit and went into a box. A blue suit box. Blue box. I mean, of course, this could all just be speculation and somebody trolling. But there is a lot of stuff here that is very, very weird. So I recommend you to check out this article on PlayStationLifestyle.net by, um, what was his name again? Um, Chandler Wood. And, you know, see for yourself if you believe it or not. Also, and I almost forgot to mention this, that on June 22nd, they were supposed to put out a trailer, um, a real-time trailer for the game, but they delayed that to June 25th. So keep an eye out for that as well. What you need to do to watch that is actually you will have to download an app from the PlayStation Store because it's a real-time trailer. It's rendering in real-time. That app is pretty much like a game and like a game renders scenes this app is going to be rendering all the scenes from the trailer in real time so it's not like somebody rendered these scenes and hit record and then just put out the video no this will be rendering on your machine also very weird right so i don't know why would anybody do this especially for a game that nobody really has ever heard of like this is very much something that kojima would do right <laughs> um i mean it, it's crazy i mean so much stuff is pointing to this being kojima but is it really it's not just me and and fans i mean even guys like jason schreier from bloomberg a guy who like really really knows stuff um usually he doesn't know anything about this and he has been doing his research and he's kind of like, now he believes it, now he doesn't. He really doesn't know what to believe at this point. Um, of course, this could all be fake, somebody making this stuff up, but it could also be Kojima. It's very, very weird, but I guess we'll find out more about this stuff on June 25th. It could very well be the case that you have to watch the trailer multiple times, look at every details, and there will probably be some crazy theories on the internet. I don't think that we will get all our answers in that trailer, but who knows? Who knows? Um, it's a wild ride right now, and I kind of love it. It's it's fun, but it might also disappoint a lot of people. I hope not, but who knows? I guess we will have to see about that. But for now, let's keep moving uh, with Fairfree Square. Hey, that's Fairfree Square. So let's look at some of the games that came out on PlayStation 5. We have Metro Exodus Complete Edition, no score on Metacritic yet. The Yellow Scores Online Console Enhanced, also no score. Dead by Daylight Resident Evil, and Dead by Daylight just keeps on making um, great partnerships with other um franchises i think it's really really cool uh, but also no rating but we do have a rating an 88 rating for ratchet and clank rift apart it used to be 89 now it's down to one uh, to 88 uh, 71 for the persistence enhanced um star wars uh, star wars jedi fallen order for playstation 5 or was also released i still have to check that out 
Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate got an 88, and the episode Intermission got an 82. I have been playing that, but not that much, so I don't really want to talk too much about it. For now, uh, I'm I'm liking it uh, a lot, but I also like the original a lot, uh, or the original, the, um, the base game, I mean, Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy VII Remake. So um, this... It feels familiar, but it's still a bit different, and I think in a good way. It's it's um, it's a good DLC that is uh, quite a lot of fun. Um, yeah, Guilty Gear Strive with an 88, Neptunia Reverse with a 72, and that's where I will pretty much stop here because I don't want to go back even further. Uh, on PS4, we got, um, of course, also Dead by Daylight, Resident Evil. Um, we got some... A lot of indie games, which is, you know, it goes to show that um, PlayStation 4 is still a console that is uh, out there for over 100 million people. And uh, it it makes a lot of sense to still put your games out there. Ah, uh, Just one thing that I wanted to mention, Chicory, A Colorful Tale, uh, a beautiful game that has been backed a lot by um, Shuhei Yoshida that was also showed at the Summer Game Fest kickoff live event is also out. Uh, It looks like an adorable game. Um, If you love artsy stuff, then um, maybe you should check that out. Uh, The Ninja Gaiden Master Collection came out. It got a 73 rating. Um, I think that Ninja Gaiden fans uh, fans from what I've heard will still enjoy this, but it's not like the craziest thing. Um, It could have been better. Green Hell got a 78. Guilty Gear Strive on the PS4 got an 84. And Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts 2 got a 69. Nice. And that's where I'll stop with the PS4 games. Now let's look at what's coming up. We got Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance coming for PS5. Scarlet Nexus coming for PS5. There was um, a demo also out for that. Um, Greedfall Gold Edition. Uh, Doki Doki Literature uh, Club Plus. Um, Shout out to Jared Petty. Uh, Watch Dogs Legion Bloodline. Um, a lot of stuff coming up in the next few weeks then on the PlayStation 4 side of things and this is all until the first uh, week of July these games that I mentioned Um, and then on the PS4 side of things we have Olympic Games Tokyo 2020 coming out um, of course very soon June 22 Uh, Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance coming out on the same day uh, as I just mentioned also on the PS5 um, Alex Kidd in Miracle World DX also on the same day. Um, let's see. Uh, Scarlet Nexus June 25, just um, like on PS5. There, those versions are coming out on the same day. And yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, Watch Dogs Legion Bloodline also coming out on PS4 July 6. And that's pretty much it. So now let's get to the big topic. And so the big topic for this week is PSX. And why is it PSX? If you don't know PSX, PlayStation Experience, it's um, a showcase or um, not, not a showcase. It's, um, it's, it's an event that Sony used to do where, you know, PlayStation fans were evi- invited to come um, and to be at this event and then they they would just celebrate PlayStation. You would have booths, you know. Just imagine E3, but for just for PlayStation fans. 
and a lot of people love that stuff. Um, what I've always heard, I heard, I was never able to attend one. Um, but what I have always heard is that it's just E3, but if you're a PlayStation fan, if you're a real PlayStation fan, it's much cooler than that because it's people that love PlayStation as much as you do. It's um, focused on PlayStation games, of course, which you probably are a PlayStation fan because of the PlayStation games. So most of those games will probably speak more to you than um, a lot of games that you would see on a general um, showcase on E3 uh, or at, at E3, I mean. Um, and so a lot of people love that um uh, in the us there were uh, uh, of course psx events held but there was also one in 2018 in bangkok thailand so uh, even then i mean it could be um uh, if it does come back it does not mean that it will be in the us although i think that most probably it will be in the us and now why do i think it could be coming back well first of all i've been wanting it to come back um before there were any rumors about it, I have already been uh, asking for that to, to happen because I think that people on the stage are a lot different to the voice you hear in a state of play event from PlayStation. It's not the same thing, to me at least. As much as I love the state of plays, and I think that they sh should still be there um, because to get updates throughout the year, I think it's much more reasonable to do it like that with a state of play event that is just a stream and there is no stage you need to build and stuff like that. But for for once in a year, at least, I think you should have this kind of event. And PlayStation in the past, they have killed it. I mean, be it at, at, at a PSX or at E3, as I just said uh, in this episode, also E3 2015, E3 2016, which one was better for Sony? I think that, that both were amazing. You should ch check those out if you have never seen those um, showcases uh, or even just the highlights. It's uh, freaking amazing. And, you know, people came out on the stage like Sean Layden, like Shuhei Yoshida, Gio Corsi. Uh, I've talked about these guys as well and how I think that PlayStation is missing faces. You know, uh, on, on the Xbox side of things, you have Phil Spencer and now you, they got also Pete Hines and, and, and Todd Howard, guys that also have that experience and, and that do quite well uh, on a stage. And on the, uh, on the PlayStation side of things, I don't think we necessarily have that. Herman Holst isn't really that kind of guy. Um, of course, we can talk about Jim Ryan, and he has been on stages uh, a lot of time, but I, I don't like him as much. Um, he might be the, the best guy for the job that he's supposed to be doing, but on the stage, I want some somebody else. Um, I think that Sean Layden just had that that energy and was just he just had that swagger and i really like to see him on stage um and shuhei is also always adorable and i think it sh he should show up more he's the only one of those that i mentioned that is still at playstation um and i think that he should uh, do more stuff on stage and show his face more often because he's, he's such an adorable guy he's, he's so funny um i think playstation needs that I think they should do that and you know there were now some actual there is now some actual evidence that this might happen that, that this might happen because uh, there was actually um, a patent uh, filed 
by Sony in the United States Patent and Trademark Office. And the patent is for PSX. And it says there that uh, in the description that this is an event, right? So PlayStation has just patented an event and that event is called PSX. Now, patents don't actually mean that something will happen. They might just do this because they think they could bring it back someday. doesn't mean that it will be this year and maybe they will never bring it back because, you know, sometimes plans change. But this is giving me a lot of hope for what's to come because I think that an event like that would be amazing. And so if you want to check that out, that patent, it was filed um, last Friday, um, June 11th. You can see it there. Uh, it says very clearly um, PSX and that this is an event, um, an, an, organi an, an organization, uh, um, or actually let, let me read here a bit of it. Arranging, organizing, and conducting exhibitions and conferences in the field of entertainment and video games for non-business purposes and non-commercial purposes. Um, so this is the trademark application uh, for PSX that has been filed under international class 041 which USPTO describes as follows so that was what I just read this is on playstationlifestyle.net if you want to also read more about it um, but you can also just go to the that um, side of the USPTO to see the patent for yourself I mean in the end I don't really care if it's called PSX, whatever it is called. I just think that an event like that with people on stage is something that Sony should be doing again because they used to do it so well. And I think that they are stronger than ever and could be making the craziest uh, experience for fans. And especially looking at PlayStation VR 2, if you could like then put 360, um, uh, 360 cameras in, in the room, you know, and people could attend the show, even if they are not in the country, wherever this might take place, they could still attend the show using their PlayStation VR uh, 2 headsets. That would be amazing. And, you know, while we're at it, bring back PS Home and make PS Home also a hub for uh, PlayStation experience. That would be crazy as well. Uh, PlayStation Home in VR I mean people have been asking about this and I think it would be so amazing and if you could then do a PlayStation experience event inside PlayStation Home and then have 360 cameras at the actual location where PlayStation experience is taking place <sighs> I mean that would be amazing that would be amazing imagine let's just say but th this isn't probably this probably isn't the case right Let's just say that in July there is an event for for PlayStation, as I've said before, and they do a PSX, right? How crazy would that be? And they show Silent Hill by Blue Box Game Studios. So it's not abandoned. It's actually Silent Hill and Blue Box Game Studios. It's not actually Blue Box Game Studios. It's Hideo Kojima. How crazy would that be? Amazing if they ended up doing that. Um... Yeah, but it's probably not happening. And actually, this could even mean, because PlayStation Experience used to be more at the end of the year, this could even mean that they might just not do a July event and then just focus on an event later in the year, which then would be a PlayStation Experience. 
but they also might as well just do a state of play in July and then still do one, uh, do a PlayStation experience later in the year. I don't know. Um, I just know that I would love to see it back. Um, I still think that a July event is very uh, possible. Um, I don't think that it's a PlayStation experience because if it was, they would have probably patented this a lot sooner. So probably not the July event. I would love if that was actually the case, but it's probably not the case. Also because you have to sell tickets and stuff like that. Um, if you want to do the real PlayStation experience where people come by and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so it's probably not the July event, but we can still have a great July event even if it is a state of play and then at the end of the year or next year i'm fine with next year or even in two years at least bring it back some day because i think it's really something that playstation is missing right uh that's gonna wrap it up because i gotta go um there's a lot of stuff for me to do still um i'm, I'm quite busy these times around uh this time around and um yeah I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, I'm back in two weeks from now with a historical topic at the end of the show because I always do uh, either one big topic like this that is more about current and future stuff or I do one that is more about historic stuff from the past, a blast from the past that I like to talk about that is still um, somehow related to PlayStation. I don't know yet what I'm going to be doing for um, the next episode in two weeks, but... Um, you can check me out on twitter.com uh, slash gaming. I might just announce it on there before I do the episode but until then as I always say keep on playing keep on playing